Good afternoon, everybody. Um, welcome to episode 17 of the DBPT podcast. Um, my name is Dave Ballantyne. Uh, I'm your host. And as always, I want to do the first thing I want to do is thank you for taking the time to listen. Um, it's always appreciated when I see uh, people have been checking out the podcast. Um, it's awesome, honestly. It, um, I do this to try and help as many people as I can. Um, and the fact that you've taken a little bit of time out of your day to check it out um, and hopefully get some useful stuff is, is massive for me. Um, so um, I would love it if you could leave a review uh, and a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but even if you don't and continue listening, then that's awesome too. So I have um, three, possibly four topics uh, for today, depending on how much time I go on for on each one um <clears throat> mostly coming off the back of some client review questionnaires that go out each week for for my clients um and i think that their issues are probably going to be very similar to yours um and uh you know there's never any shortage of, of things to talk about with with clients um so there's a lot of options to, to kind of look for but the first one is um, one of the questions I ask is, is what can you do to be 1% better in your this week coming with your nutrition? And without fail, the three things that I see most often are increased fruit and veg, eat more protein, and prep. Um, so the answer to all of those things is to prep. Okay, your, your preparation is what will, will make things a whole lot easier to tick the boxes that you need to tick um, and the nutrition side of things. Um, one of the ones that's shown up more often now with the, the warmer weather that we're having is to drink more water as well. Again, it comes down to preparation. Um, a lot of times prep, meal prep can be looked at as being very boring a little bit anal, um, a little bit kind of uh, obsessive perhaps, but if you don't prep, let's look at some things, things that are going to happen. If you don't have anything prepped at all um, and you've had a tough day, you pop into the supermarket or if you're you know, still out at work, um, you, you pop into the supermarket on your way home, you're feeling a bit stressed, you're probably a bit tired. You're going to pick the easiest options. You're not going to take something that's going to take more preparation than you're willing to put in. And nine times out of ten, you're not going to pick the most optimal option. Um, particularly if you end up going for some kind of ready meal, which tends to be a lot more calorific than you expect or that you need. Um, probably not as high in protein um, because that pushes the price up and you know most companies are trying to keep prices down for people which is a great thing but for your goals it's probably not optimal if on the other hand one day or two days a week say maybe a sunday and a wednesday or sunday and a thursday you take a little bit of time just to prep some meat and fish um maybe put it in a marinade chop it up do whatever you need to do for the meals that you've got planned ahead um, you maybe dice up some veggies, whack them in the fridge or in the freezer so they're easy to grab and use. Um, maybe pre-cook some rice or pasta so it's easy and quick 
to throw something together when you're you're getting from from being out or you know you're you're coming to meal time and you know you're maybe a bit stressed and don't want to be putting a lot of effort in. The more you can do that, the easier it is to stick to whatever kind of nutrition plan that you are following. Um, one of the tips that I have for most of my clients when they're new to this is start with just one meal a day. Okay, if I ask you to try uh, to to plan and prepare for um, three meals and maybe a snack a day, that's twenty eight different options you have to think about. That can be quite overwhelming. It's quite a lot of of, of food ideas that you're trying to think about. Even if you're using one night's dinner leftovers as the lunch for the next day. It's still a lot of stuff to think about. But if I ask you just, right, all I want you to do is plan your breakfasts for the next seven days and maybe do a little bit of prep so that everything's easy and that you've got everything in, in from the shop that you need for them and um, you're not going to have to go out of your way to make things happen. More often than not, with breakfast, you'll end up picking something um, it's not a great option to start your day with then it's going to be a whole lot easier for you to manage once that one becomes easy and that usually happens within sort of a week and a half to two weeks that becomes kind of more automatic you can add something to it so it might be right you've you've got your breakfast under control let's plan three out of your seven lunches or four out of your seven lunches for the week Okay, so if you're still working, this is a great opportunity to have lunches prepped to take to work um, and and do what you need to at lunchtime um, during quite a busy, stressful, potentially stressful time at work. Um, once you've nailed down that, you're already at 10 or 11 meals out of the 28. You're almost halfway there. So let's take it up to 15. Let's cross the halfway barrier. So that maybe we add in the rest of your lunches for the week. Cool. A couple of weeks down the line, you nail that one down. Let's add in your mid-afternoon snack or your morning snack. Okay, let's plan that ahead of time and make sure you've got what you need for it. So if that's going to be um, fruit and a protein shake, make sure you've got your seven pieces of fruit and your um, protein powder, your shaker, or you've bought in some pre-made protein shakes. Make sure you have those already and prepared. Okay, uh, one of my favorite ones for the morning is the little protein 22 yogurts. Um, I think they're actually quark rather than yogurt. Not really sure what the difference is. I think one's a soft cheese, really soft cheese. But anyway, they're very tasty 22 grams of protein, um, and that's really handy just mid morning. Um, if I'm feeling like, uh, well, I always feel like I need to look at something at that point. And that's a better option than maybe reaching for a packet of crisps or a couple of biscuits or something, which um, would be a, a, a an easier option if I didn't have something handy. But by prepping ahead of time, I know that they're in the fridge and I can just grab them. Um, but you follow that procedure until you've built up you know, a good plan. And what you'll find is that often your meals repeat, not in a bad burpy way, but in a you eat the same kind of meals pretty regularly. Um, like for us, every Friday night is homemade pizza. Okay, um, it's just a little tradition we've gotten into that every Friday night we're going to have a little homemade pizza. Um, so we know we need to buy something for that. Um, so you'll find that you'll probably have maybe 
six or ten kind of standard meals that you you do often um and that makes it a whole lot easier to plan out your weeks in advance um, and do the preparation and the shopping that you need to do for it. Um, a couple of questions that you need to ask yourself with the meals that you're having. For most of them, you want to have some kind of protein source. So question one is, where is the protein? Now that might be a scoop of protein in your a yogurt in the morning. Um, it might be the yogurt itself, it might be eggs, it might be what is the meat or fish that you're going to use. Um, have you got the right amount in there? Um, and where are the, the vegetables and or fruit, okay, uh, to make sure you get as much nutrients in there for a low calorie uh, option that you can. Um, make sure you create a shopping list, um, and if you fall off of it, your plan is there so you can get back on at the next meal. So, you know, if you've got something planned, you end up doing an impromptu lunch out with friends. Remember when that was a thing? I'm sure it'll come back. Um, but if you, for example, some... Uh, if I'm, you know, out visiting my mum, who's older, and I'm dropping off some supplies for her, um, and I don't have the lunch that was planned that day because I've been held up and back late, then I'll just grab something easy um, from the supermarket uh, while I'm there, pick up stuff for my mum, and I'll have that. But I know that I'm going to get back on track at the next meal. That evening meal is going to be the next meal that I have. Um, I'm back on track. So, you know, having a plan there means that if you do go a little awry somewhere it's easy to get back on track if you don't have a plan then you're more likely to spiral um, and go well I've screwed the day up I might as well eat crap the rest of the day um, and then the next day you're like oh, I just screwed up yesterday I might as well eat crap for the rest of the week I'll get back on on Monday instead of letting it spiral like that if you catch it get back onto the plan as quickly as possible then that is a, a major factor in how successful and how consistent you're going to be moving forward. So there's point one, make sure you prep um, and that will make a massive difference to your to your meal times and your, your overall nutrition. Building off of that, um, a problem that I see quite often, and I had a conversation about this with, with my clients yesterday, um, and it's portion control is the issue, okay? Uh, meals are, are pretty well done. There's a bit of protein in there. There's a good serving of veggies, carbs, sources are there. But the, the serving sizes are, are what's the issue? Because you can overeat on good food as just as, excuse me, I've got hiccups, just as easily as you can on bad food. So instead of looking at portion control from the back end, i.e. when you're serving it up, look at it on the front end. And what I mean by that is, if you are having a pasta dish, okay, and you just whack in the pasta without really thinking about it, how many of you honestly could serve up just the amount of pasta that you need? And I'll talk about what that amount is in a minute. And leave the rest in the pan. And when you've finished your meal, you don't go back and go, well, wow, well, there's just another wee serving in there, I'll just have that. Nine times out of ten, or nine people out of ten, are going to go back and finish off what's left in that pan. I guarantee it. Um, I know that I probably would. Um, maybe not every time, but quite often, specifically if it's a, it's a dish I like. Um, 
So instead of trying to battle a pile of pasta waiting and calling your name once it's cooked, if you portion it up beforehand and only cook the amount that you need, that makes it a whole lot easier. You're not then fighting against um, a, a pile of pasta called your name. So when you look at carbs in terms of portion control, a really simple guide is the one that Precision Nutrition use, and that is the hand size guide. Okay, so for carbs, if you make a cupped hand, like you're trying to scoop water out of a bowl, that kind of cupped hand shape, and fill that with your uncooked carb source, whether that's pasta, um, rice, quinoa, beans, potatoes, bread, obviously bread's harder to do because you'd have to tear up into little pieces, but that is your portion size, okay, it's one to two of those, okay, um, and it's a starting point, so if you if you, if you you try that and you start with two cup pan sizes and you think, well, actually, you know what, I actually feel over full after eating that, then cut it down to one and a half or to one. If, on the other hand, you start with one and realise that, you know what, I'm still really hungry, then you can add a little bit more to it. You can make it one and a half cup hands or two. Um, but the point is it's a starting point and it gives you a repeatable method of getting a portion size done. Um, and it's unique to you. Um, I'm a bigger guy. I'm quite tall. Um, my hands are quite big, so I get quite a big portion size. My wife is a lot smaller than I am, so her portion size is going to be more proportionate to her size than if I was to portion it up for her. Um, but having practiced it over time, I'm pretty good at kind of ballparking it for, for both of us. Um, but the point is, is that you have a ready-made portion control device when you're making food. A lot of times when you're cooking from recipes and stuff that over um, overestimate how much pasta or rice or whatever each person needs. Um, I think Joe Wicks was particularly bad at this um, back when he first came out with the Lean 15 stuff. He was talking about 250 grams of rice per serving uh, or per person per meal. Now, like, if you've ever had those ready-cooked pa uh, rice packets that you get, kind of all different flavours, um, it's one of those, entire one of those for one person. Now that's what I would have for my meal. Like I say, I'm, I'm a fairly big guy. If you're asking someone who is 5 foot 2 and 60 kilos to eat that, then they're going to go way over their car carbs uh, calories for each day um, very, very quickly. If he did caveat that with, it's a starting point, you should reduce um, until you start to see progress, but it's it's too big of a start point, okay? Um, but, uh, like I say, if you have a an issue with portion control, instead of looking at it at the back end when you're serving stuff up, have a look at it at the front end when you're preparing and see if you can make a change there to make it easier when it comes to serving up your meal, all right? That seemed like a very long-winded way of saying that, but anyway, we're there. Um, so moving on, one of the issues that um, a few clients are, are finding actually working in their benefit is that having 
limited options um, in their training has actually made training more interesting and you're getting more out of it up to a point. Um, and what I mean by that is if, for example, you're used to working out in a very well kitted out gym, you've got access to anything and everything you could possibly want, and suddenly you're training at home with a couple of kettlebells, maybe a pair of dumbbells and some resistance bands, your options have just been slashed, right? You've got to get more creative. You've got to simplify your approach somewhat, um, simply because you don't have the options there. And sometimes it forces you into moving up a weight, which you might not have been confident about doing. You're you can force into it because it's all you have available. Um, and it also reduces a bit of decision fatigue when you're writing uh, your training plan out and you try to think of what you need to, to incorporate. If you remove a whole bunch of options, that decision-making process becomes a whole lot easier. Um, so it reduces a bit of the decision fatigue and the, the, the over-analysis that you can sometimes do when you're writing your own training program. Um, it, it can be a very beneficial thing now and again. Um, and actually, I think Dan John talked about it, where he um, will occasionally program only certain weight plates. So I think it was the equivalent of a 20 kilo plate and a 10 kilo plate. There was no fives or two and a halfs or one and a quarters um, in whatever program it was he was talking about or whatever approach it was for a particular client. Um, and what it meant was that you had to get very, very good with one weight before you bumped it up. So say you had 80 kilos on the bar, that's a 20 kilo plate each side and a 10 kilo plate each side. Um, your only next, your next option could only be to go to 100 kilos. So you had to be very, very good with 80 before you could bump it up. Um, or maybe you had the five kilo plate in there. I forget the details, but the, the point was that the little incremental plates weren't there. So you had to be very, very confident with confident and competent. I almost mixed the two or merged the two in, into one word. You had to be very, very confident and competent with the weight that you were working with before you even thought about going up. You couldn't just add a little bit of weight and test it. You had to know that you were going to get it. Um, and one of my clients has, has found that with her deadlifts. She um, doesn't have access to the smaller kettlebells that she was used to using because um, I think her partner's using them. And it's forced her to use the heavier dumbbells, uh, the heavier kettlebells, sorry, for the deadlifts. And she's found to her surprise that uh, she could handle them with no problem. Now, when you look at her numbers, it was it's obvious from an outsider looking in that she could handle the bigger weight, but she didn't have maybe the confidence to try it, or maybe it was just that it was easy and um, a bit too comfortable to use the lighter weights. So she didn't push herself to go up, but once those lighter weights were taken out of the equation, she was forced into going heavier and can handle it without any problem. So she's made progress just by removing options. Um, and that can be the same for you know, your nutrition side of things. If you are trying to come up with a different meal every night, going back to the planning idea, um, or you're struggling with snacking, 
if you just remove some options, like you don't have snacks in the house, then you're not as tempted to snack because you're going to have to go out of your way to go get it. And more often than not, you're going to come to the realisation that you didn't actually need it anyway, you weren't hungry, and it was out of boredom or habit that you were just having a snack. Or, you know, if you've got too many meals to choose from, if you've got a, a shelf filled with cookbooks and you're, you're humming and hawing between them, then if you just say, right, I'm only going to work from this cookbook this week, it reduces the number of options by... A massive amount you know if you've got 10 books up there each with an equivalent number of, of recipes in there and you take nine of them away you've just reduced it by 90 percent how much easier is that going to be to pick the meals that you're going to make for the week coming up um so if you're finding that you're struggling with decision fatigue and maybe kind of a bit of over analysis in terms of of what you're going to do in training or nutrition think about just removing some options you know, challenge yourself to only work body weight this week, or um, you're just going to use a kettlebell, uh, one weight of kettlebell for everything that you're going to do, and see how you can work around the issues that you have there. If it's nutrition side of things, think about what you can do in terms of reducing decision making fatigue and simplifying your approach. Okay, and I guarantee it'll make things a whole lot easier. It'll make you get a little bit more creative. Um, and you probably start to see the results happening again because um, you've got a more clear, concise plan to follow. There we go, our topics for this afternoon. Um, hopefully you got something useful out of that. And um, as always, if you have any questions or topics for the podcast, feel free to give me a shout at davidedinburgpt.com um, for the email and Instagram's Dave Ballantyne Personal Training. You can send a message on there. Um, and I'll be happy to include it in the next podcast. So have a great week, great weekend when it comes. And I will talk to you next week.